Section 40 of Jataka Tales by H. T. Francis and E. J. Thomas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Lost Friend Found by a Song Once upon a time in the realm of Avanti and the city of Eugenie reigned a great king named Avanti. At that time a Kandala village lay outside Eugenie, and there the great being was born. Another person was born, the son of his mother's sister. The one of these two was named Sita, and the other Sambuta. These two, when they grew up, having learned what is called the art of sweeping in the Kandala breed, thought one day they would go and show off this art at the city gate. So one of them showed off at the north gate, and one at the east. Now in this city were two women wise in the omens of sight, the one a merchant's daughter, and the other a family priest's. They went forth to make merry in the park, having ordered food to be brought hard and soft, garlands and perfumes, and it so happened that one went out by the northern gate and one the eastern. Seeing the two young Kandalas showing their art, the girls asked, Who are these? Kandalas, they were informed. This is an evil omen to see, they said, and after washing their eyes with perfumed water, they returned back. Then the multitude cried, O oh, vile outcasts, you have made us lose food and strong drink, which would have cost us nothing. They belabored the two kinsmen, and did them much misery and mischief. When they recovered their senses, up they got and joined company, and told each other what woe had befallen him, weeping and wailing, and wondering what to do now. All the misery has come upon us, they thought, because of our birth. We shall never be able to play the part of Kandalas. Let us conceal our birth and go to Takisila in the disguise of young Brahmins and study there. Having made this decision, they went thither and followed their studies in the law under a far-famed master. A rumor was blown abroad over India that two young Kandalas were students and had concealed their birth. The wise Sita was successful in his studies, but Sambuta not so. One day a villager invited the teacher, intending to offer food to the Brahmins. Now it happened that rain fell in the night and flooded all the hollows in the road. Early in the morning the teacher summoned wise Sita and said, "'My lad, I cannot go. Do you go with the young men and pronounce a blessing? Eat what you get for yourself and bring home what there is for me.' Accordingly he took the young Brahmins and went. While the young men bathed and rinsed their mouths, the people prepared rice porridge, which they set ready for them, saying, Let it cool. Before it was cool, the young men came and sat down. The people gave them the water of offering, and set the bowls in front of them. Sambuta's wits were somewhat muddled, and imagining it to be cool, took up a ball of the rice and put it in his mouth. But it burnt him like a red-hot ball of metal. In his pain he forgot his part altogether, and glancing at wise Sita, he said in Kandala dialect, "'Hot, ain't it?' The other forgot himself, too, and answered in their manner of speech, "'Spit it out! Spit it out!' At this the young men looked at each other and said, "'What kind of language is this?' Wise Sita pronounced a blessing." When the young men came home, they gathered in little knots and sat here and there discussing the words used. Finding that it was the dialect of the Kandalas, they cried out on them, 
oh vile outcasts you have been tricking us all this while and pretending to be brahmins and they beat them both one good man drove them out saying away the blots in the blood be off go somewhere and become ascetics the young brahmins told their teacher that the two were kandalas the pair went out into the woods and there took up the ascetic life and after no long time died and were born again as the young of a doe on the banks of the naranjara from the time of their birth they always went about together one day when they had fed a hunter espied them under a tree ruminating and cuddling together very happy head to head nozzle to nozzle horn to horn he cast a javelin at them and killed them both by one blow after this they were born as the young of an osprey on the bank of naruda there too when they grew up after feeding they would cuddle together head to head and beak to beak a bird snare saw them caught them together and killed them both next the wise sita was born at kosambi as the son of a family priest the wise sambuta was born as the son of the king of Panchala. from their name days they could remember their former births but sambuta was not able to remember all without breaks and all he could remember was the fourth or kandala birth sita however remembered all four in due order when sita was sixteen years old he went away and became an ascetic in himalaya and developed the faculty of the religious ecstasy and dwelt in the bliss of ecstatic trance wise sambuta after his father's death had the umbrella spread over him and on the very day of the umbrella ceremony in the midst of a great concourse made a ceremonial hymn and uttered two stanzas in inspiration when they heard this the royal wives and the musicians all chanted them saying our king's own coronation hymn and in course of time all the citizens sang it as the hymn which their king loved wise sita in his dwelling-place in himalaya wondered whether his brother sambuta had assumed the umbrella or not perceiving that he had he thought i shall never be able to instruct a young ruler but when he is old i will visit him and persuade him to be an ascetic for fifty years he went not and by that time the king was increased with sons and daughters then by his supernatural power he went and alighted in the park and sat on the seat of ceremony like an image of gold just then a lad was picking up sticks and as he did so he sang that hymn why sita called him to approach he came up with an obeisance and waited sita said to him since early morning you have been singing that hymn do you know no other oh yes sir i know many more but these are the verses the king loves that is why i sing no others is there any one who can sing a refrain to the king's hymn no sir could you yes if i am taught one well when the king chants these two verses you sing this by way of a third and he recited a hymn now said he go and sing this before the king and the king will be pleased with you and make much of you for it the lad went to his mother quickly and got himself dressed up spick and span then to the king's door and sent in word that a lad would sing him a refrain to his hymn the king said let him approach when the lad had come in and saluted him quoth the king they say you will sing me an answering refrain to my hymn 
"'Yes, my lord,' said he. "'Bring in the whole court to hear.' As soon as the court had assembled, the lad said, "'Sing your hymn, my lord, and I will answer with mine.' The king repeated a pair of stanzas. "'Every good deed bears fruit, or soon or late. No deed without result, and nothing vain. Who knows if Sita also may be great, and like myself his heart have brought him gain.' At the end of this hymn, the lad chanted the third stanza. Every good deed bears fruit, or soon or late, no deed without result, and nothing vain. Behold, my lord, see Sita at thy gate, and like thyself his heart has brought him gain. On hearing this, the king repeated the fourth stanza. Then art thou Sita, or the tale didst hear from him, or did some other make thee know? Thy hymn is very sweet, I have no fear, a village and a bounty I bestow. Then the lad repeated the fifth stanza. I am not Sita, but I heard the thing. It was a sage laid on me this command. Go and recite an answer to the king, and be rewarded by his grateful hand. Hearing this, the king thought, It must be my brother Sita. Now I'll go and see him. Then he laid his bidding upon his men in the words of these two stanzas. Come, yoke the royal chariots so finely wrought and made, gird up with girths the elephants in necklets bright arrayed, beat drums for joy, and let the conches be blown, prepare the swiftest chariots I own, for that hermitage I will away, to see the sage that sits within this day. So he spoke, then mounting his fine chariot, he went swiftly to the park gate. There he checked his chariot and approached wise Sita with an obeisance and sat down on one side. Greatly pleased, he recited the eighth stanza. A precious hymn it is I sang so sweet, while thronging multitudes around me pressed. For now this holy sage I come to greet, and all is joy and gladness in my breast. Happy from the instant he saw wise Sita, he gave all necessary directions, bidding prepare a seat for his brother, and repeated the ninth stanza. Accept a seat, and for your feet fresh water. It is right to offer gifts of food to guests, except as we invite. After this sweet invitation, the king repeated another stanza, offering him the half of his kingdom. Let them make glad the place where thou shalt dwell. Let throngs of waiting women wait on thee. Oh, let me show thee that I love thee well, and let us both kings here together be. When he had heard these words, wise Sita discoursed to him in six stanzas. Seeing the fruit of evil deeds, O king, seeing what profit deeds of goodness bring, I fain would exercise stern self-control, sons, wealth, and cattle cannot charm my soul. Ten decades has this mortal life, which each to each succeed. This limit reached, man withers fast, like to a broken deed. Then what is pleasure, what is love, wealth hunting, what to me? What sons and daughters? No, O king, from fetters I am free. For this is true, I know it well, death will not pass me by. And what is love, or what is wealth? when you must come to die. The lowest race that go upon two feet are the Kandalas, meanest men on earth. When all our deeds were ripe as Gerdon meet, we both as young Kandalas had our birth. Kandalas in Avantiland, dear by Naranjara, 
ospreys by the Nerbuda, now Brahmin and Katiya. Having thus made clear his mean births in time past, here also in this birth he declared the impermanency of things created, and recited four stanzas to rouse an effort. Life is but short, and death the end must be. The aged have no hiding where to flee. Then, O Panchala, what I bid thee do, all deeds which grow to misery eschew. Life is but short, and death the end must be. The aged have no hiding where to flee. Then, O Panchala, what I bid thee do, all deeds whose fruit is misery eschew. Life is but short, and death the end must be. The aged have no hiding where to flee. Then, O Panchala, what I bid thee do, all deeds that are with passion stained eschew. Life is but short, and death the end must be. Old age will sap our strength, we cannot flee. Then, O Panchala, what I bid thee do, all deeds that lead to lowest hell eschew. The king rejoiced as the great being spoke, and repeated three stanzas. Three is the word, O brother, which you say, you like a holy saint your words dictate, but my desires are hard to cast away, by such as I am, they are very great. As elephants deep sunken in the mire cannot climb out, although they see the land, so sunken in the slough of strong desire upon the brethren's path I cannot stand, as father or as mother would their son admonish, good and happy how to grow, how happiness after this life is won, tell me, and by which way I ought to go. Then the great being said to him, O Lord of men, thou canst not cast away these passions which are common to mankind, let not thy people unjust taxes pay, equal and righteous ruling let them find. Send messengers to north, south, east, and west, the Brahmins and ascetics to invite. Provide them food and drink, a place to rest, clothes and all else that may be requisite. Give thou the food and drink which satisfies, sages and holy Brahmins full of faith, who gives and rules as well as in him lies will go to heaven, all blameless after death. But if surrounded by thy womankind, thou feel thy passion and desire too strong, this verse of poetry then bear in mind, and sing it in the midst of all the throng. No roof, no shelter from the sky, amid the dogs he lay, but mother nursed him as she walked, but he's a king today. Such was the great being's advice, then he said, I have given you my counsel, and now do you become an ascetic or not, as you think fit, but I will follow up the ripening of my own deeds. Then he rose up in the air and shook off the dust of his feet over him, and departed to Himalaya. And the king saw it, and was greatly moved, and relinquishing his kingdom to his eldest son, he called out his army, and set his face in the direction of Himalaya. When the great being heard of his coming, he went with his attendant sages and received him and ordained him to the holy life, and taught him the means of inducing mystic ecstasy. He developed the faculty of mystical meditation. Thus these two together became destined for Brahma's world. End of section 40